0: Welcome back to another episode of the Map Podcast. I am John.
1: And I am Bridget.
0: UNO had their second road swing of the season out to Long Island, New York to take on the Long Island University Sharks, a program that's only been around three seasons. What did you think going into that Friday night game?
1: Well, I certainly uh, was hoping for an outcome like last year with Friday night's game. We had some technical difficulties with the ESPN Plus broadcast, which made it kind of difficult to follow, especially early on as we were trying to figure out if we were going to have to listen to the radio broadcast. So that first period was uh, a little bit of a jumble while we were trying to figure that out. But the Mavs came out a little bit better and we saw flashes of that team that we saw playing the Mankato Mavericks. So I was really happy with how the outcome of the weekend's games went, especially that Saturday night tilt.
0: Well, you know, the ESPN Plus broadcast, which I have sung the praises of over and over again on this podcast, was not particularly good. Now, that was probably the LIU crew that was having technical difficulties, but we didn't have any audio during that game. So we had the radio going, but trying to find a a good balance between streaming the radio or listening to the actual radio broadcast so that they're somewhat in sync is very, very hard to do. And I'm disappointed we didn't get to hear the audio because on Saturday we did. And Jordan DeLuciano, who's their play-by-play guy, did a fantastic job. That guy is completely prepared, uh, all kinds of interesting trivia and anecdotes. And that guy just, I mean, he crushed it doing that game by himself. So props to him. He was amazing. So I wish we'd gotten to hear what he had said on Friday night. But Jimmy Glynn gets the scoring started in the first period for the Mavericks. It was a good tone setter. Friday night has not been our night the past couple of years. We always talk about the Friday night Mavs. But that was a good goal for him with uh, assist to Bavanka and uh, Cameron Berg to get UNO up one to nothing in the first period. Certainly a good situation for UNO to be on the road.
1: Definitely. And you talked about those Friday night maps. One of the things that has been the key for them is scoring first. And so it was critical for UNO to get that first goal, set the pace, um, because as you and I both know, there were a lot of penalties in that game. So really an important first goal for them. And the penalty kill was uh, critical for them on Friday night with those Friday night maps.
0: Yeah, certainly during the second period. We allowed five power play opportunities for Long Island University. Some of those penalties were undisciplined penalties. And you might be able to get away with that against a team like LIU. You're not going to get away with that when we get into the meat of NCHC play here. So they've got to be careful. The Sharks did score on one of those power play opportunities. Jordan DeSico, a, a solid defenseman for them. I looked him up before the series last week. He was a player that I was keeping my eye on. He had a good weekend. Like you said, we can't take those penalties. Coach Noel Bernier uh, on the radio pregame on Saturday night was not happy uh, about those uh, undisciplined penalties by the Mavs.
1: Well, and certainly going into the third period tied, we were expecting, you know, perhaps another overtime game because, boy, there's been a lot of those really close matchups for the Mavs. I was really excited that uh, Ty Mueller got that go-ahead goal, the game-winner, because uh, if it had gone to overtime, I'm not sure what the outcome would have been.
0: Yeah, Ty Mueller and Cameron Berg both had an excellent game on Friday night. Uh, uh, those guys were definitely skating hard at the net. Long Island University was not able to get the equalizer, so UNO comes out with a two to one win on the road. Look, it's a good win. It's not the it's not the six to one or seven to one type score we had against this team at Baxter Arena last season. But at this point with how the team's been doing, we will take
1: it. Speaking of those uh, larger margins of victory, Saturday night was a completely different contest. Uh, You mentioned that the Mavs have had difficulty scoring. There's been a lot of low-scoring games here in the intervening weeks between that exhibition win over the Mankato Mavericks. And uh, it seems like that team showed up again. Uh, There was balanced scoring from the Mavs, six different goal scorers including uh, the nation's leading scorer, Jack Randall, netting his ninth and tenth goals of the season so far. Wow, he has just turned it on this year, hasn't he?
0: Yeah, last season he had nine goals, 38 games for the Mavericks. This season, through eight games, he's got 10 goals. uh, A really, really good season. We've been talking about him a lot on this podcast. So yeah, a great start to the game, gets two goals. The first one's a power play goal. And I got to be honest with you, we were hoping all night that he would get the hat trick. And I will tell you the way that uh, there have been score corrections in the middle of the week for UNO, it is possible by Wednesday uh, after we record this podcast that he will have the hat trick, but two goals on the game. Obviously, a, a great night for him. He also had an assist on Johnny Tychonic's goal in the third. And UNO, they finally got the water flowing uh, in this game, and uh, they opened up the scoring quite a bit. They posted a 7-1 to one victory over Long Island University, and there were a lot of great performances by a lot of players we've been talking about. Cameron Byrd, uh, Joe LeMay, uh, one of our talented young defensemen, gets his first collegiate goal. Jake Pavanka gets another goal. Again, this is a guy who got one goal last season at Notre Dame before he transfers to Omaha, and now that he's here, things are picking up for him. He, he should have transferred here like two or three seasons ago
1: given his goal production and his proficiency taking faceoffs that would have been nice
0: that absolutely would have been so uno gets the 7 to 1 victory uno's 3-0 and 1 on the road i know we've talked a lot on this podcast about their woes uh, this season but we haven't lost a game on the road this season so Good performance by UNO. Definitely the type of thing that they needed going into North Dakota next weekend. And uh, I got to ask you, who's your player of the game? Uh, There were a lot of options to pick from this weekend. A lot of good performances uh, uh, for the Mavericks. Who did you like this weekend?
1: Oh, I get to go first. This is great. Well, mine's an easy pick then. Uh, We already talked about him. My pick for player of the weekend is... Jack Randall, uh, again, with those two huge goals to start out Saturday night and the performance that he's had. So far this season, uh, he's really showing his leadership on the ice, putting the team on his back early in the game on Saturday. And so for that reason, Jack Randall is my player of the weekend.
0: Yeah, and that's a great pick. Definitely had a great weekend again. Uh, He's really become our go-to forward this season. And it's really nice to see him step up. It's nice to see him have success. Great player. Um, I, I went back and forth on this. I always try to be somewhat unique in who I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick a guy that I picked uh, a couple weeks ago when you and I did the podcast, and I'm going to pick Jacob Gavin. He didn't get a goal this weekend. He didn't get a goal the weekend that I picked him before, even though we thought he'd gotten a goal. Uh, Jacob Gavin gets three assists on the weekend, and I talked about his assists. He was a guy who was known for assists when he's with the Muskegon Lumberjacks. And I, I'm just impressed with him so far. You know, we depend on uh, some of these talented offensive defensemen we have on the team. I mentioned before that we have a thread going on on the Puck, uh message board about the offensive defensemen that this coaching staff likes to recruit. And so Jacob Gavin is my pick. I went back and forth between him and Pavanka because Pavanka has had a, a really good season, as we alluded to before. Um, Good to get that positive success, positive momentum uh, going into uh, North Dakota this upcoming weekend. So, turning to our shootout segment, Bridget and I got the opportunity to listen to Adrian Dowell talk about UNO Athletics uh, as part of the Omaha Press Club Noon Forum this last week. And uh, Adrian, who we affectionately refer to online as AD the AD, had a lot of really interesting uh, information uh, for us and for attendees at the Press Club. And uh, Bridget took copious notes at this, as she does. Uh, She was writing the article for the Omaha Press Club newsletter. We will also have an article upcoming uh, on the mapbook.com website. But what were some of of your favorite takeaways from uh, Adrian's presentation? Because he had a lot of good nuggets in this.
1: He certainly did. And some of the information was surprising to both you and to me. And so I'm really excited to share 12 pages Worth of notes with our audience uh, on that article that's going to be upcoming on the website. If you're not aware of it, uh, Adrian is the chief executive, basically, of Omaha Athletics, and he oversees 100 staff members that are responsible for 400 student athletes with uh, 16 varsity sports and spirit squads. And so that's a massive uh, amount of people to manage. And uh, like I said, it was really cool getting a peek behind the curtain with him. Some of the surprising information that we learned was that the economic impact on UNO Athletics from the pandemic was approximately $5 million in lost revenue uh, due to canceled competitions and that sort of thing. And boy, that's a huge hit for an athletic department that has a budget of about $21 million a year. He also talked about the uh, impact of the NIL, the name, image, and likeness legislation. Uh, Just in the last week or two, the Omaha Mavericks marketplace has launched on the Open Doors platform. So fans like you and me, and we've definitely talked about this for the MAV podcast, have the opportunity to have student athletes represent your brand. The prices are pretty affordable for individuals, starting at about $11 uh, for a simple message. I don't know what kind of quote we would get for a student athlete introduction to each week's MAV podcast, but I'm inclined to look into that. Uh, He talked about some really interesting And transformational legislation and committees that are coming out of the NCAA, Uh, in fact, one of them has transformational in the name, the the D1 Transformational Committee is poised to release their results. He said some of the information has started to leak out already, but more of that will be coming out here as we approach the new year. And there is a lot of uncertainty for schools, especially that have D2 and D1 programs, whether they're going to be asked to up their resources and commitments to stay D one, uh, he said he's not going to allow UNO to go back to D two under his watch. But there certainly is a lot of financial commitment that's going to be asked of these athletic departments in order to, you know, succeed in this new era of heavy litigation and NIL and everything else associated with these changes in college athletics.
0: That was the information that I found to be the most interesting was about some of the changes that are coming to Division One. You know, he talked about the debate that's going on in collegiate athletics about NIL, which stands for name, image, and likeness. One of the things that he said was that UNO athletes really are not coming to UNO to make money off of the uh, NIL. It's an opportunity for them to teach kids about, uh, you know, work life, business life, learning to deal with taxes and some of the other implications that earning money uh, as a student in that manner will cause for some of these students. Obviously, we're not a power five football institution where some of those guys on their name image likeness are making tens of thousands of dollars or more. I I think if I recall correctly, he said some of these schools, some of the players will be making near six figures on some of those deals, which is just, it's astounding to think of uh, how far we've come uh, in collegiate athletics. But I did take some video Uh, at the Omaha Press Club event and I asked Adrian what most surprised him about UNO Athletics since taking the job.
2: What surprised you most about the job you're now doing? Uh, You know what? I I heard from so... You you don't realize, and shame on me for this, you don't realize how many people have a tie to UNO, right? Mm -hmm. There there were so many people that I knew, just being at that school right there, that I just assumed they were great grads or whatever mm-hmm. and I heard from I, I wish I had saved all of my text messages after I got the job hey congratulations by the way I'm a UNO grad by the way my wife's a UNO grad my kids go there my grandpa went there I was a professor there it is amazing there were, again going back to that hundred thousand number there's so many people a high percentage of this community that have their ties ties this institution that makes it incredibly unique and what an opportunity for us I had no idea How many people were tied to UNO? It's an incredible asset.
1: So building on what uh, Adrian said, you know, about the impact of the community, one of the things that he's looking to do is to marshal some additional resources for the athletic department. Uh, Obviously, you and I promoted the Wear Black Give Back campaign, which is an important fundraiser for UNO Athletics. But dating back to the days of Trev Alberts and Dean Blaze, one of the biggest topics in college athletics is that idea of full cost of attendance scholarships. And Adrian was able to give us an update on Thursday that there are four sports in Omaha athletics that are providing full cost of attendance this year.
2: Which four UNO sports are implementing full cost of attendance scholarships? Yep, good question. Uh, again, just started this year, it's hockey volleyball, women's basketball, and men's basketball. that's certainly an area, we are behind our peers, a lot of our peers in the NCHC, and especially the Summit League, they are giving full cost of attendance for the majority of our sports. So, huge issue for us just doing it for the first time this year. Trust me, there's nothing more I would like to do it for all of our sports, and we might have to get there sooner rather than later, uh, but the reality at the mid-major level is selective excellence. Resource-wise, you have to prioritize sports that you're going to be on the even playing field with other, other your, your peers, right? And for those four sports especially, there's been a commitment previously, there's a commitment now to move forward. We're going to do whatever it takes to put them on the even playing field first with the goal to bring more sports up to that same threshold. Moving forward.
1: And basically what that means is it their scholarship covers the cost of the tuition, but they are also provided with a stipend to help cover some of those uh, living expenses that you have as a student. And of course, that helps with competitiveness. We had heard previously that North Dakota hockey, of course, was one of the leaders in providing full cost of attendance scholarships. And we definitely want UNO athletics to be competitive if we are competing with. North Dakota and some of these other programs, we want to be able to be competitive in terms of the scholarships and resources that we're able to give to them. So that was a really important update from uh, AD, the AD, and something that we as fans are going to probably hear more about In the coming months and years.
0: The last time we heard Trev Albert speak, which was fall of 2019, um, at that point they were still kind of investigating the full cost of attendance scholarship situation. And uh, we were worried that it could put us at a competitive disadvantage with programs like North Dakota. Lots of great information uh, from Adrian Dowell. I got to tell you, I'd heard Trev Albert speak a number of times while he was athletic director, but I got to tell you, Adrian, the fact that he was able to speak for nearly an hour off the cuff about these things and throw in so much detail, I thought was really, really impressive. He is just a very talented guy. Honestly, coming in, one of the most experienced new athletic directors that this program has had in the last 30 years. So uh, this, was definitely, uh, this was definitely an interesting and enlightening program. And if you get a chance to hear Adrian Dell, uh, please make an opportunity to do it because he's a really, really talented young administrator who I think is going to do a lot of good things for UNO. So, our first NCHC series of the year finds the North Dakota Fighting Hawks coming to Omaha. Normally, we don't play them this early. They are our travel partner in the NCHC. Normally, we play both of our series against uh, North Dakota after the first of the year. Generally, there's a, there's a, a January series against them. And uh, we cap off the season in late February, early March uh, with North Dakota. So this year we get them in November to kick things off at NCHC play. And you and I uh, had the opportunity to watch uh, North Dakota's US Hockey Hall of Fame game in Las Vegas against uh, the Arizona State Sun Devils if uh, any of you out there follow uh, the Grand Forks Herald's Brad Schlossman on Twitter he had a lot of neat updates following the fans and some of the pre-game festivities that they had uh out in Sin City. So it looked like a fun time for their fans. And uh, certainly it probably wasn't the outcome they were expecting because they ended up losing uh, three to two. This is an interesting matchup for us considering some of the struggles UNO has had early this season. I'm, I, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm kind of worried about the Fighting Hawks coming in this weekend. Uh, I don't know how it will go. The one thing that I will say is that UNO has had a penchant for playing to their competition. So it's nice that we're getting uh, a top tier program into Baxter Arena this weekend.
1: Yep, I wore my NCHC hat. It's actually your NCHC hat in honor of our first uh, conference Series. And I think one of the biggest takeaways for me from the, watching that game yesterday with uh, the Sun Devils is that North Dakota is beatable. Um, like you said, you know, we often play up to our opponents. And as we saw from Saturday night versus Long Island, if we can get the scoring going, I think that there's some opportunities. But as you mentioned earlier, if UNO makes a couple of treks to the penalty box, North Dakota is definitely going to take advantage of that. They are killers on the power play. So we want to make sure that the Mavericks play disciplined hockey, because we don't want to beat ourselves with uh, sloppy or undisciplined play.
0: Well, North Dakota got up two to nothing early in that game against Arizona state. And I, and I thought the route was on at that point, uh, but Arizona state scored three unanswered, you know, it was a very, very interesting statistic from that game. North Dakota only had 15 shots on goal against the sun devils. Now this does give UNO hope. I will say, though, they'll probably be completely ticked off after that uh, performance, and I'm sure Brad Berry's uh, not going to be content this week uh, in practice to just let them go through the motions. So there's a there's a lot of interesting stories within a story, and like you said, UNO has to play disciplined hockey this weekend. I think they've got to keep their emotion in check, and that's going to be the balance That they have to strike. There's a few players that I'd encourage fans to watch this weekend, whether they're watching in Baxter Arena or on NCHC TV. Certainly uh, junior forward Reese Gaber for the Fighting Hawks is one of the best forwards uh, in the conference. We'll be hearing his name a lot this season. Five goals and three assists on the season so far. Jordan Blake has four goals and four assists and then defenseman Chris Jandrick 10 assists on the season so those are some players to watch and then in net Drew DeRitter who uh, I started researching him over the summer he's a transfer from Michigan State I was hoping maybe he would transfer to UNO that did not happen we got Jake Kaharski instead from the transfer portal as is usual they're loaded with talent this team reloads they don't rebuild and so the last thing uh, the last thing we want to do is run into a buzzsaw, so the guys are going to have to play very careful hockey.
1: Well, and as you mentioned, uh, some of their key players – Looking at their roster, they have a lot more uh, senior and experienced talent, of course, than the Mavericks do. They've got numerous players that are graduate students or fifth year or seniors. Uh, Jandrick, you mentioned in particular, um, he has points in seven consecutive games. So he's on my watch list for sure. I hope that we keep him off the score sheets. But like you said, you know, we really need to be disciplined. We need to be focused. And I'm really hopeful that we score early. I'm also hopeful that the North Dakota fans spent all of their travel funds and beer money in Las Vegas and a few of them are going to make the trek down here because that of course was the story of last March was the altercation between a couple of the North Dakota fans and Omaha fans and we certainly do not want to see that um, especially this early in the season.
0: So our predictions for the series, I always try to be optimistic going into North Dakota series with my predictions, but I got to be honest with you. It's been, it's been tough. I I don't know how to gauge this one. Uh, you O surprisingly after that good exhibition against Minnesota state, Mankato to start the season is one three and O at home against Niagara and Alaska Fairbanks. So I, you know, I don't know how that informs my pick, but, uh, I'm going to say Friday night, we see the Friday night Mavericks and we lose to an angry North Dakota that's uh, that's disappointed that they lost that game to Arizona State. And then I'm going to say we win Saturday in a close game that comes down to the wire and that we win late in the third.
1: Ooh, okay. Boy, even as you've been talking, I've gone back and forth. I hadn't really decided. But I think I'm going to go with the safe bet and pick a split. I'm going to give you the the opposite approach. I think the Mavericks come out Friday with some jump based on the confidence that they had from getting that balanced scoring attack against Long Island. I think they win on Friday night. And then I think they lose a close one on Saturday night, potentially another overtime. So we'll just have to see how it goes. I predict there will be lots of beer sold at Baxter Arena.
0: Yeah, I- should be a great series for UNO. I'm, I'm sure they're probably a little disappointed that this series isn't happening in the second half because uh, because it's it's always harder to get people out during the fall uh, to UNO hockey games because of some of the other activities uh, that are going on here. But uh, but hopefully we'll see a good crowd. Well, hopefully we'll see lots of UNO fans. Uh, but in the meantime, be sure to follow MavPuck on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find links to those at MavPuck.com, as well as back episodes of this podcast. So until next time, Bridge, go Mavs.
1: Go Mavs.